Hi everyone and welcome to Fast Charge. This is episode 51. I'm your host Dom and I'm joined this week by Toddy, Lewis and Hannah. Hey guys. Uh, so this has been a really quiet news week, I think it's fair to say, <laughs> in the phone space. So we're going to do something a little bit different and it's an excuse to try something I've been wanting to try for a while anyway. So first up, we're going to try a mild, mild, mild format change. We are going to run through some of the biggest news of the week in a very quick format. We are then going to go through our three main topics for this week, which are basically just three of the phones that have leaked the most this year. We know there's some big releases coming up this spring. There are some we know a lot about, some we know a little about. These three we know everything about. <laughs> uh, first up, we, we will do the Huawei Mate X2, their second slash third generation foldable, depending on how you count them, uh, which we now have an, a launch date for. Uh, late February, they're going to unveil it, but we already know a lot. We're then going to turn to the Sony Xperia 1 Mark III, which we have like photos from every angle. We have a spinning video render. We know all the specs. We know all the ports. We've got the works. And then finally, the Asus ROG Phone 4 slash 5. It's definitely the 5, uh, which is, I mean, we have photos. We have hands-on video. We then got another set of photos. It's gone through multiple certification programs with the specs put online. So again, we know everything about all these phones. Uh, but first up, let's run through some of the other stuff that's happened this week that maybe we wouldn't normally do a whole segment on, but we think is worth mentioning and keeping you guys in the loop, depending on how closely you're following things. I mean, I think the obvious big, big, big thing in the tech world, not so much phone-related, but Bezos, uh, stepping <laughs> down from uh, his position as CEO of Amazon, I think it's been kind of reported in a funny way. It's like Bezos stepping back. He's like, no, he's he's stepping from CEO to like executive chair of the board. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think he's still pretty hands-on in Amazon. It's just going to change like his day-to-day -day life a little bit. You know, it's which meetings he sits in and which ones he doesn't, right? Is he fractionally less accountable as well? I think that's kind of the fear. I saw someone yeah. say that from a certain perspective, this gives him more power and less accountability. Um, which is great. <laughs> I don't know enough about like this way corporations are structured at the top to really say whether that's yeah. fair or not. But um, yeah, this isn't just the big uh, Bezos is out of Amazon kind of thing. It's like when Bill Gates stopped being the Microsoft CEO, but Bill Gates was yeah. still for a long time, not really anymore, but for a long time, he was still a very important figure in Microsoft and controlled the direction of the company in a lot of ways. Uh, the other big sort of giant tech corporation news, I guess, is Google Stadia. Um, where Google has not quite killed Stadia, but has killed the in-house oh, yeah. game development <laughs> studio making the Stadia exclusives, uh, yeah. which had been led by Jade we Raymond, who's a big you. industry vet, big name. It was a really big get when they got her. Um, she's gone. Several hundred employees are gone. They never put out a single game, as far as I'm aware. Never yeah. even announced a specific game, I don't think. Which No, all of the Stadia exclusives that were already on the platform were just from other publishers that yep. they kind of just signed into deals before the platform launched. Everything else that they might have been walk working on, I guess, is going to get either trashed or sold mm -hmm. off. Mm -hmm. um, so even by Google standards, this is giving in very, very early. It is worth saying Stadia itself still lives. The service is still there. You can still sign up. There are other games. I don't think this is them killing Stadia. It's just them repositioning it and realizing that they're not going to make the games for it. It probably means they're going to push less for exclusivity and be more a storefront in the cloud essentially, which is probably always where it was going to end up. Also, just to tie us back to the Amazon briefly, worth noting that the new Amazon CEO, who's the head of their cloud division, has already gone on the record saying he is like a proponent of video games in Amazon and wants them to stick mm. with that, 
which I think some people had wondered already if Amazon was going to give it in. They've got their own game studios that have struggled, to put it nicely, uh, <laughs> to put out anything people want to play. So that's an interesting statement of intent. As Google kind of moves away, Amazon is doubling down and saying, no, games are still where we're at, bearing in mind they own Twitch. So I was going to say, if, that, that if that's the case, I imagine we might see yeah. something like Amazon but doing a Microsoft and Bethesda move, like coming in and just like Ooh. buying a big big st- uh, studio because they can. Absolutely. And, and honestly, do, that's yeah, what very Google much. should have done rather than trying to build a studio <laughs> from the ground up. Just buy someone who makes good games already and lock one of them down for Stadia. Anyway, they didn't. Uh, on to more specifically phony things. Uh, little bits and pieces going around. Uh, we have had the rumor this week that there is another OnePlus Nord phone in the works. But to confuse things even further, this will be the OnePlus Nord N1 to join the yes. Nord, the Nord N10, and the Nord N100. No one's oh. really sure if this is a follow-up <laughs> to one of the other numbered ones, if this is the equivalent to the Nord 2, and we're not getting a Nord 2. Uh, it's, it's a big mess. Uh, what happened to OnePlus's branding? It was all so simple. <laughs> it was all so simple, and then it wasn't. <laughs> Not at all anymore. Uh, no word on what that phone is, when it will turn up, but yeah, the word is out there. The Nord N1 is on the horizon. Um, Nokia put out the Nokia 1.4. Toddy, you wrote that up, I think? This is just like a budget £100 phone, yeah. right? Yeah, pretty much the same. It, it's weird. It's the same processor in it as last year. The main difference is really it's a bit bigger, bigger battery, and it's got an extra macro camera, uh, and it costs about €10 slash £10 more. Okay. Um, that's about yeah. it. So you pay a tenner, you get a macro camera. Cool. Um, <laughs> I <yeah>. guess. <laughs> I'm not thrilled by it, but I, it's an important It's the cheapest smartphone. It's hard to get yeah. excited. I guess it, it does now fall in line with their Nordic design language, which is nice. nice. And I reviewed the <laughs> 1.3, I think, or maybe it was the 2.3 mm-hmm. or 2.4. I don't know. One of the really, really cheap Nokia's <laughs> at that end. Yeah, and it was so- fine for the price. The phones at that price are always terrible, but it was, you know, for what you were getting, it was it was not bad, really. Um, The other bit of news that I absolutely could not resist mentioning is that the Galaxy Z Flip 5G has dropped in price by $250, (laughs) making an absolute steal. It's the same price as an S21 Ultra. It's now (laughs) $1,250, I think, or something like that. Um, It hasn't had the price drop in the UK, sadly. Um, otherwise, I mean, I, you know, I'm, I'm I was about to be account. like, are you buying it? Is this why you're telling us? <laughs> and, uh, it's right here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that's exciting for me because I like that phone, but I think it also tells us something about where, where Samsung is positioning the next Z flip maybe and how close they are to having one ready if they're already dropping the price on the last one. Uh, yeah, rumors already pointing to a cheaper Z exactly. Flip this year and at this some just point, kind of, alongside maybe a fancy This one. leans into that, right? That idea that they're trying to get to the yeah. point where you can get a foldable around $1,000 rather than $1,500. Uh, and then the final bits of news are all Xiaomi related. So I think just after we recorded last week's episode, uh, Xiaomi announced the Xiaomi Air Charge, which is this yes. fancy big box that just charges everything <laughs> around you without needing contact. It's, you know, the next gen of wireless charging. It is clearly going to be the next conspiracy theory just after 5G because even I, as someone who knows tech, looks at this box and I have a bit of a like, is yeah. that safe? Should I stand near that? I don't know. It's probably <laughs> fine. But, you know, I'm probably it's a little disconcerting, <laughs> right? Yeah. It's uh, also like... I was gonna say it's meant for convenience, right? Because it's like you know wireless, but it's a big box. <laughs> it's <massive>. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, I mean, 
it's like bigger than most like desktop cpus exactly. like desktop towers it's a big it big is job. gen one to be fair it's more than anything just proof of concept we always said yeah. wireless charging being on a pad is like a little more convenient than a cable but the point where you can just have a room that charges your phone when you walk into it passively like obviously that's and that's a big step for charging convenience um and we're not there yet but. they mentioned in the release like the tech this is the proof of concept but they're Xiaomi's actively seeing this in things like lamps, speakers, tables. You build it into something. Like, you put it into your lamp. You put yeah. it into your fridge. Um, you know, it'll be that when you buy a Samsung yeah. fridge in ten years' time, it charges your Samsung mm-hmm. phone every time you go and get milk out. Uh, that kind of thing. And decharges your iPhone exactly. faster that than it really <laughs> power from other rival devices. <laughs> That's the next frontier <laughs> is combative charging technologies. Uh, but it's been a big week for Xiaomi, other than uh, that, that tech. Uh, for one, I think this week is when they announced that we're getting the Mi 11 next week in the West. There's an event on Monday, so we're going to find out Western pricing for the Mi 11. Uh, there are also rumors, the first sort of solid spec rumors of the Mi 11 Lite, adding into existing rumors of the Mi 11 Pro. And they uh, announced that their phones without Google Mobile services, uh, basically the phones they release in China, they're now mm. going to make it much harder to install Google Mobile services on there. Uh, in the same way that that's been the case for Huawei devices recently. That probably ties in to the fact that they were labeled a communist military company by the US, in response to which this week they sued the US government. <laughs> which, wow. I mean, fair enough. Seems but, smart. Yeah, they are currently in a lawsuit with the Department of Defense and the US Treasury, which we'll see how that goes. Yeah, that's fun. <laughs> Big week for Xiaomi. Hmm. The, the labeling, uh, just um, <laughs> the, the labeling on that thing, was that done pre-Biden? Uh, the blacklisting yes, that was a Trump for the company thing. was done yeah. just just at the very the very end, like in the yeah. last week. Yeah. I think in my story I said like they they may be packing boxes up right now, but they still had time to put Xiaomi on a blacklist. <laughs> like that's kind of like get it in. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, and we're still waiting to yeah, see if I'm there's going to be that see. Biden executive order rescinding yeah, yeah. any of this stuff. But in the meantime, they're obviously working on the basis that this is where they are, and they're basically they're just filing a lawsuit that basically says we are not a military company, we're not owned or affiliated by the the, the Chinese government, all that kind of stuff. Um, this will be very telling because it will also impact Huawei, no doubt, and the approach Huawei might take to its situation. Speaking of the Huawei Mate X two. <laughs> is now officially going to be unveiled on the 22nd of February. So that's in a few weeks. So about three weeks from now, we will actually properly know officially what this phone is. Um, Huawei has unveiled a single teaser image and one spec fact. Huawei confirmed it's running the Kirin 9000 chipset, which is in one sense, not at all surprising and in another sense, interesting. Uh, Not at all surprising because that's Huawei's flagship chip. Of course, their new flagship phone will run their flagship chip. Flip side of that is they stopped building these things around September because they stopped being able to build them because of their US trade restrictions. So there'll be three of these phones. So it's like they have a <laughs> certain it. pile of these chips <laughs> and they're also in like their other like their other flagships, the mate. So it's kind of like they only have a certain number of these things and they must have carved out a set number of them early on to be like these are for the, the mate X2. But once the, the, that dictates how many of these things they can make, presumably, because they can't get more yeah. chips and if that chip's in the phone. So... Yeah, we're still not sure what that means for how many of these devices get made and how widely available it is. That may be a good reason to keep your hopes low for a global release. Because if they can only make, you know, 10,000 of them or whatever, they're probably going to keep all of them in China. 
the other thing we can guess from the teaser image is that it looks a lot like the rumored design, which has the phone fold inwards rather mm -hmm. than outwards. Mm -hmm. So basically, uh, if you're not aware, the original Mate X and Mate XS, when you folded them closed, you were kind of folding the backs of the phone in on itself and the screen stayed as the exterior of the device when closed. So it was just one big panel. Um, it's kind of like the inverse of the Samsung Galaxy Fold approach. They are now just going and doing the same thing Samsung has done, which is an interior screen that folds shut and then a smaller screen on the outside. So are we thinking this is, I mean, the naming would suggest it's a follow-up to the X Mate X, but at the same time, the teaser image, the fold is horizontal. Now that could just be the phones turned around mm. just for the purposes of the image. Or are we expecting this to be a horizontal fold more like the Galaxy Z Flip? Because then that would tie into the Mate V rumors, which I think I wrote about like last, like halfway through last year, but then went dead. I, like, is this going to be more of a clamshell or is it still going to be like a book foldable? I think it's still the book think? foldable format. Um, we yeah. have some sort of other leaked um, sense of what to expect from it. Uh, Digital Chat Station, who's one of the big uh, leaksters over the past year or so, uh, has actually just yesterday, I think, put out two images of the phone open and the phone shut showing the interior and exterior <laughs> displays um it is very much a similar form factor to the z fold 2 the interior display is eight inches diagonal the exterior is 6.45 inches um so i think that's kind of the, the the impressive thing is the outer display really is the full body of the phone when shut it's a big screen they've managed to put on the outside of the phone if this is real also interesting and i'm still surprised this isn't what samsung did last time but there is no inside selfie camera so the oh. the big screen has no camera on it there's no notch there's no pin drop there's nothing to interrupt that display except some pretty slim bezels and then the cameras are just on the back of the phone and a punch hole selfie camera on the sort of front so if you want to take a selfie you've got to close the phone to do it is the downside it's a bit the annoying for a video you're calls, using it for like the big screen yeah i guess that's true for video calls i didn't think about that it would be annoying for video calls mm. um for other uses, though, it makes unless sense. It's, <laughs> unless it's an under-display camera. Yeah, well, I was going to say, that, that outer screen, you could still use it for video calls, right? It's not, or, oh, is, totally. it, or is it just... It just yeah, means yeah, you yeah. then have to use it like a normal phone for video yeah. calls. Which, I guess, so. <laughs> takes away the, uh, the novelty of it. Yeah, I mean, I guess it depends on how yeah. much you use that interior display. I wonder if they've done some... Well, obviously, they'll have probably done some research to see whether it was, you know, how yeah. much people actually made use of that. And if I guess people are, then... Yeah, get rid of I it. think it's more what you use it for, right? Mm -hmm. or, or if you mean the interior camera, how much people use it. But yeah, it's like if you use the phone, if when you fold the screen out, that's because you want to watch YouTube or a movie or mm -hmm. something, or you want to browse Instagram, then you just want the big display. Mm -hmm. um, it's, you know, and if that's the way 90, people use that screen 90% of the time, then there is an argument for just saying, cool, make the most of that screen as a as a display and have that little compromise that you can't have big screen video calls. I think my my big disappointment, change, but... yeah, no, my big disappointment with the new dis uh, with the new design is that you don't get that nice camera preview on the back. Oh, I mean, if this is the real design, you don't yeah. get that camera preview on the back, and I think that was probably one of the best features of the uh, the Mate XS because yeah, you've got you've got access to the high quality cameras and you've got the ability to see yourself while you're taking the picture. I mean, for someone that takes a lot of pictures, I'm here for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I find it kind of. 
it's a little bit sad to see the foldable market so quickly homogenized. There was kind of this interesting space where we had two approaches to it from Huawei and Samsung and you're curious to see which way everything went. And it's kind of sad in a way that already it's like, okay, now we'll do the Samsung thing. And that's that's all there is. They won. <laughs> yeah. Uh, do you think the, um, the, the design that they're going with now over the original Mate X and XS is at all driven by the fact that they kind of obviously lost a lot of ground and presumably a, a decent chunk of their revenue in the mobile business under the, the entity list, the US entity mm-hmm. list. So they kind of went for a more conservative foldable design. Like, do you think they, I feel like the timescale could have allowed that, could have resulted in that effect because it's been about two years now that they've been under the effects of the uh, entity list and not having GMS. So I guess, I but wonder. then the, th- the flip side of that is this probably involved a lot more R&D for them than just doing True. the same design again with a faster processor and a, you know higher megapixel mm. rear camera or, or whatever you know uh, they would have had to go back yeah. and do the whole hinge all over again to go in the other direction and how that works <laughs> and and make sure the screen folds happily inwards right you know I, I it feels to me like this would have been more of a cost to switch formats uh i yeah. i feel like they must have really just gotten feedback that initial design wasn't what people wanted that people worried too much about screen durability i guess i mean that was always the thing yeah, sort of if you drop the, the phone one, it? while it's yeah. closed it's screwed whereas if you drop your galaxy z fold while closed you might be okay um you know and i dropped the z flip when i was testing it once or twice and it was always like yeah that's absolutely fine it doesn't matter um bring back foldable without a screen i've never felt more like delicate with a phone than when i was looking at the mate xs and uh, at a preview event and just felt like, cool, if I like do one slight thing, this thing will fall apart. This is going to break. I was so so scared to actually uh, fold it because it made that cracking noise when you folded crunch. it as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Crunch. A little, little crunch. Yeah. So it's like, did I just break a £2,000 phone <laughs> at a preview event? It's not even out yet. Yeah. Uh, to, to your point, Hannah, um, uh, you gave me a flashback to the, um, the old clamshells that instead of a a selfie like a screen obviously if you want to take a selfie they had that little kind of like just shiny plastic like bubble mirror, mirror yeah. yeah and that was your selfie yeah. viewfinder they should just put that wow. on there and just like Don't completely like lean into it because the thing yeah. is is that like, i i've always felt like the old school flip phones the whole point is that they sh- yeah. they folded short so that you protected the screens on the inside and if you dropped it yeah. they're absolutely fine but then mm-hmm. all these new ones are like oh look at that we've got an extra screen on the front and it's like yeah but that's not <laughs> that's not just what I'm where the breaking on. happens yeah <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah i mean it, I, like, yeah, yeah. I, I totally agree and I, I you know not to keep going on about how great the z flip 5g by samsung <laughs> um, but you know one thing i love about that is it, it doesn't have a big outer display it's just got this little panel that it uses to give you like a, a whatsapp icon pops up when you've got a message that's useful it's functional yeah. it tells you oh cool like, i've got a notification to check but it's not trying to do a whole outer display it's just kind of and and i'm disappointed to know that the next gen all the rumors point towards uh, trying to turn the outside of it into a screen as well and i'm like no you had it right i liked that mm-hmm. approach which was a tiny little display it was about the same size as those little like plastic mirrors toddy was talking mm-hmm. about so it worked for that if you want to take a selfie you could see yourself in it in that little tiny version for framing yourself up to see your eyes and otherwise it just said <laughs> yeah you've got a whatsapp to check which is nice because it means when it's shut and it buzzes you can kind of see oh it's a whatsapp i'll read it but oh it's an email i'll, I'll ignore that i won't bother opening the phone for that that's like functional but didn't make me worry about it i guess yeah that's fair yeah.
I think I, I do like the the new razor, the, the front display on that one though, because I mean it's slightly bigger, so you do have a slightly better viewfinder for that selfie camera, and then mm. as well as being notified about your WhatsApps, you can actually just read them without actually going through the extra step of opening the phone, because that's the other thing now is that if you do want to interact with it, you've got an extra step. See, that's the and problem. That's just... It's just just them trying to make up for lazy people like you, Lewis. <laughs> just, just get. Lewis, just get a normal no. phone. <laughs> no. I want a flip phone that I can keep folded in my pocket, okay? <laughs> uh, um, I feel like we should run through some of the other May X2 stuff because part of what I said at the beginning is here is we kind of know everything about it. And yeah, this digital chat station leak is pretty exhaustive. Like I said, mm. he tells us the uh, screen dimensions. Um, I even have here the like what claimed to be the physical dimensions of the device. I can tell you it's supposedly 8.2 millimeters thin. I think that's like when it's open. Um, 295 grams. Uh, who knows how accurate this stuff is. Camera specs. Uh, the outer dual selfie cameras are 16 megapixel. I assume that's one that's 16 and the other is either a depth sensor or a lower count um, ultra wide, but we're not sure. The rear cameras are supposedly a 50 megapixel. 16, 12, and 8. We're not sure exactly what all those are, but one of them is apparently uh, a 10 times zoom. Um, although it's a bit unclear if it's a 10 times optical or a 5 times that can do 10 times hybrid. Uh, but either way, it looks like we're getting a 50 megapixel main lens with an ultra wide, a proper periscope, and something else, maybe just a, a 2 times um, telephoto, probably something like that. So we have a pretty good sense of what this phone is going to be, and it is hitting a lot of the core flagship specs. It's just, I think it all just depends on price more than anything. Like with all Huawei stuff at the moment, they can't, I mean, you know, with the Mate XS, it started, I think it was like £2,300 when it came out. And that didn't, you know, there was no Google on there. And it's going to be the same story with this. And it's going to be interesting to see whether they're willing to bring the price down and accept that they can't charge £2,300 for a phone that doesn't have Google. <laughs> I, I did wonder that when you mentioned price earlier, Lewis, and it did make me think maybe that is another part of moving to the inward folding. Maybe that's in some way, I know it's kind of said that's expensive for them because there's a big upfront R&D cost, but I don't know, maybe there are long-term manufacturing advantages that will help them drive the price down because you've got to think they've got to be looking at that. It's hard for them to put out a phone that costs more than Samsung's, but is critically compromised on a software level. Yeah, literally. If yeah, they I mean, are planning it, to release it globally, like I said, it may be that they're just going to do this. And first, May X was only China. The XS did get a global launch. Mm -hmm. and we have no idea how well it sold. Um, but maybe on this one, especially with limited chipsets, they're just going to shrug and say it's a Chinese phone. That's it. That's all we can do. Yeah, I mean, it, it's a shame because, like, yeah, there's a lot of like cool specs on the hardware side. But when you've got so many programs that you literally need for your day-to-day -day use, and you've either got to jump through massive loopholes to get them or you just can't get them at all. It just makes the phone just not as usable in day-to-day -day life, unfortunately. Mm. So. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. Um, I guess we will see. We are going to find out, like I said, in three weeks' time. The launch event is set for February 22nd, but yeah, that is a sort of China launch event, so we'll we'll see what goes on with that. Um, I'm just looking. I think the YouTube video feed has gone a bit screwy from what I can see. Toddy may be feverishly working away at that. I'm not sure. Uh, sorry to anyone who may be watching with a screwy video feed that looks to just be half of my face and nothing else. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Wait, that's a problem? I thought that was just what we were doing. <laughs> it's an artistic choice. 
<laughs> uh, we will we will move gamely on uh, to. Uh, in fact, you know, what? I'm gonna I'm gonna have to shift the order around a bit. We were gonna talk about the Sony next, but it's Toddy that's gonna talk about the Sony phone, and Toddy is trying to fix whatever's going on with YouTube. So we're gonna talk about the ROG phone first instead. Uh, so yeah, we uh, we know that there is going to be another ROG phone this year. We had last year the ROG Phone 3. That's Asus's kind of flagship gaming phone. Uh, straight out of the gate, we're expecting the ROG Phone 5 coming up now. If you're curious why we're skipping 4, that is because 4 is an unlucky number in uh, China and other parts of Asia. We've seen this before. We've seen other phone brands just skip 4 in their numbering and just go straight from 3 to 5. OnePlus did it. I feel like Samsung did it with the S phones, so I'm not positive. Um, so it's not too weird to see that we won't get a 4, but yeah, everyone seems to basically know that we're getting an ROG Phone 5. That is partly because we've seen the phone, we've seen photos, we've seen videos, and it has a 5 on the back of it. Um, it seems <laughs> a pretty safe bet that that is a sign that the phone is called the ROG Phone 5, because it'd be really, really weird if they called it the ROG Phone 4 and just slapped a big 5 in the middle of the room. 5 for 5G? <laughs> <laughs> Even though this is the at least second ROG phone with 5G, maybe the third? Yep. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, big fancy gaming phone coming our way. Uh, the headline thing, like I said, we've seen the back of the phone, and the big thing is there is a display right in the back of it. Um, yeah. Not the whole of the rear of the phone, but just a little panel in the middle that seems to be intended to kind of display notifications maybe, I think it's going to be used to just like flash stuff up while you're playing. It looks like you can set little images to appear there. Now, this is kind of familiar. If, if you just follow phones, you may not be aware, but actually, I want to say CES a year ago, Asus unveiled the ROG Zeph, no, G4, I can't remember, some laptop, some laptop with, an, uh, with, a, with a name that escapes me, where the back of the laptop lid had an LED panel there. So basically, you could kind of. Oh, yeah have little images appear there you could have stuff moving you could have banners you could have like something that was like you know like a team logo or a little message that would scroll or all sorts of stuff like that wasn't it this zephyrus, just feels like an evolution was. of that hmm? i think it was a zephyrus one of the zephyrus ones maybe zephyrus sound i was kind of half my brain was starting to go zephyrus and then i started to doubt <laughs> myself so i feel more never doubt yourself Tom. It it's all right <laughs> uh i constant crippling doubt all the time <laughs> <laughs> it's the only way I know how to live. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we, we this looks interesting. We've seen kind of a few images of the back of this device. Some There was one that passed through the TENAA certification, which just seems to show a kind of LED matrix, similar to what we saw on that laptop. But then the videos we've seen seem to show a full like LCD panel, an actual you know display. It may be that there's different versions of the phone. The, the one that seems to show an LED matrix... That also has a Tencent logo on the back. So that looks to be a Tencent oh, special yeah. edition version. Maybe that one has a slightly different panel on the back to the standard one. Maybe it's just that it has a proper display, but they're using it to only show a little LED image. I don't know. Anyway, yeah, we're getting a weird screen on the back. Um, Lewis, you're like, you know, a gaming phone man out of a lot of us, I think. Um, is that an appeal? No. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
<laughs> yeah, no, straight I'm, to the point. Oh, right, cool. Straight to the point. Let's just move on from that. No, I mean, yeah, you see these things on on gaming phones every every few years. First, it was the RGBs, and they were like, "Look, how cool it is! It's just like your RGB keyboard, put it on the phone." And nobody cared about that really. I don't see a single mm-hmm. person on Twitter go like, "Look how amazing my my RG phone free RGB lighting is," because yeah, it's it's fun to see. It's fun to show your friends uh, when you first get the phone. Be like, "Look, I can do this." But when you're actually playing games, you're not looking at the back, so you don't really care then. And exactly. and the bigger thing is you're probably going to have a case on it, so you're never going to see it. It's also a weird jointy angle. I don't like it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I mean, that's just the, the, the ROG design language. Everything is angular and a bit <laughs> pointy. and It is, yeah. But it's like, you know, yeah, you've got to like, if you want to see it the right way, you've got to turn the yeah. phone like 45 Come degrees. Right. And it's like, I don't like that. <laughs> It also I'm is a very small panel, so I'm kind of curious what, how much you actually could do with that. Anyway, it's it's tiny. Yeah, it would be like quick animations or something like that at the at the best. I think. Yeah. If not again, stacking, the appeal is... to me is notifications. Like I could put my phone face down, and there'll just be a little tiny screen in the back that pops up with a WhatsApp logo to say, "Oh, you got a WhatsApp." How um, do you put your screen, your phone screen down? Oh, my, oh what? No. no. So I don't have to see the screen <laughs> no. all the time. I don't know. Well, I right, wait a minute. So that's why I would put my phone face down. But then what? wouldn't having something on the back completely defeat the purpose of you putting it face yeah, down? Never escape. Face? But it's a, it's a little friendly screen. It's like when you finish work and you turn off the big bad screen and you move to the good screen. <laughs> this is all of our lives. This is just oh, a little version of Oh, I hate how right you are as well. I'm, yeah. I'm fed up with this screen. I want it to go away. And now there's another little nice screen to tell me important things and to tell and me when, when I need to go that, back to the other screen. Once that gets boring, you'll have a nice little screen on the side of the phone that you can have a look at at a glance. See, Lewis gets it, yeah. And then when you put your phone away, it's like, oh, don't worry, I've got my smartwatch here. Get my notifications here as well. Yeah, yeah, that is a fair point. Um, maybe, Maybe the screen is not useful, but, you know. I like people trying new things. I'm on board for something a bit different. Uh, otherwise, I think other than that, this looks pretty similar to what we've seen before from from the ROG phones. Uh, it's not going to shock anyone to know that it's likely to have the 888 chipset. Um, curiously, the one of like the benchmark leaks had it showing eight gig of RAM, which is a little low, but that's probably just the cheapest SKU they're offering, and I would expect 12, 16, and in, in in other versions of it. Uh, 5G, obviously, 6,000 milliamp hour battery, which is the same as they've done before. Uh, jump up to 65 watt charging, which is pretty fast. And actually, I forgot to say on the Mate X2, that's rumored to have 66 watt charging. So also very nippy. Does, um, do gaming phones charge slower than normal phones, typically even with something like fast 65 watts fast charging? Or would it be the same? Only if the battery's massive. Mm. I think it's pretty similar. I mean, I guess if they have gone for top spec CPUs, there might be more power draw, especially if they're using overclock versions and things like that. So there's a mild compensation there, but it's it's not going to be like a significant difference. Okay. Um, we've partly seen them be part of the push to speed up charging because it was the Lenovo Legion that was the first one to add in like dual USB C ports for like double charging speed and, and nonsense <laughs> like that. Um, you know, partly because they're also the ones driving these really big batteries. Um, you know, a 6,000 milliamp hour battery is bigger than you'll find in any other flagship, really. Mm-hmm. Um, but so they kind of want fast charging because if you 
if your battery's bigger, that will affect how impressive the times you can say for how long it takes to get a full charge, right? If your battery's twice as big, it will take you twice as long to be able to say, oh, you can get a full charge. So suddenly you're saying, oh, it's got this amazing fast charging. You can get a full charge in an hour and a half. And everyone's like, oh, it's not that great anymore. But it's just because you put a whopping great battery in the thing. Mm-hmm. OnePlus's tagline is kind of in perspective, isn't it? They used to use the a day's power in half an hour. Exactly, line. yeah. It's like, well, if the battery's 100 milliamp hours, yeah, then, it yeah it's going to be. <laughs> <laughs> Thankfully, they didn't actually. They put good batteries in their phones, but still. Yeah, there's, there's definitely a shortcut <laughs> you can take there. Uh, the other thing I think that is a welcome change on this is um, the screen bezels look like they've shrunk a bit. I think that was always one of the big criticisms design-wise of the ROG phone, regardless of anything else, is it always had a pretty like chunky, chunky bezel on the display. It looks like mm-hmm. they have slimmed that down. I think they still want to leave a bit because for a gaming phone, you're holding it and you need something to hold on to, but they are slimming that a little bit further. Uh, camera looks like a 64 megapixel triple camera array. I cannot imagine it'll be anything special. It never has been before on these phones. Like good specs on paper, not particularly special performance is, is I think where they've all been so far. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And all the accessories. All course. the accessories. There's also now a mystery red button um on the Ooh. side of the chassis <laughs> and everyone's a bit unsure Ooh. what that is and all leaks are kind of like maybe this turns on game mode or something that's kind of the best yeah. guess people have got because it doesn't look like it's a pair of Makes matching sense. shoulder buttons it's just one red button on the side of the phone i can't think um, about i can't think what what phone it was but there has been a game if i with a dedicated switch on the side to turn on gaming mode and it loads up like oh, really? a separate interface to like browse all your games I and stuff think like that. that was black Shark. i think it might have been black shark actually yeah so, that, so yeah. I think that's kind of what we're expecting this to be. Yeah. If it doubles as a shutter button, that's that's cool. what I was actually thinking as well. I would really hope it is a it is a shutter button, um, which seamlessly leads us through <laughs> to the Sony Xperia One Mark III, which, believe it or not, features a camera shutter button. Uh, this is another phone we've just seen everything of. Unlike unlike the ROG phone, we haven't seen like actual in the wild photos of it. But we've seen renders uh, leaked by, I want to say Evan Blast, Toddy will correct me if I'm wrong, um, who put out a series of renders and then even a video showing, you know, it's just a render video, but still shows the phone from every angle. I mean, at least externally, we know everything about this device now pretty much. Right, Toddy? Yeah, uh, it's it's on leaks, actually. I oh, forget his, it's like Steve Hemstoffer or something, but I probably said his surname wrong. Um, but yeah, on leaks, who uh, he, nowadays he's all on this this new social media platform voice, and that's where he's seeding all of yep. his leaks. Don't know if he's got some sort of deal going on there, but whatever. If you want to find it, that's where to find him. <laughs> um, and yeah, everything suggests, based on what we've seen, he, he's produced some renders, but they look like basically marketing material quality yep. renders. We don't know whether they are 100% official or if they're just renders that he's commissioned or, or made himself based on what he knows but he says these are this is the phone here's what it looks like and then subsequently he's also now released the 360 degrees like 3d spin around one of these renders so you kind of get a better sense of the scale and the proportion um and for anyone who's seen the xperia one or the xperia one mark ii it looks exactly the same <laughs> yeah. like <laughs> minus the tiniest of tweaks on the back it looks pretty much identical to those last two generation phones which if you like that is great if not it's probably not going to be an issue because I don't think anyone buys these phones that often. <laughs> from you're not really selling <laughs> from, it. From what I've yeah. seen. <laughs> well, no, the thing is, right? The Xperia One Mark II is a fantastic phone. Like it's a really solid phone. Great specs. Nice balanced camera setup. Uh, superb display. Even though it's 60 hertz, mm. 
um 21 Moonlight is really good also sony has the best split screen user experience i, I think i've ever like used on android which is a very very niche yeah, feature wow. but it's, it genuinely is really good especially on that tall screen so as with everything sony does nowadays this will have niche appeal mm. the upgrade as well looks pretty incremental with the design being pretty much the same um you know still they're still not using in display cameras or fingerprint sensors um it's going to have a power button fingerprint sensor which has kind of been a signature of sony for a while it's going to have that shutter button in the corner so when you're holding the phone in landscape it's you know where your right finger would be which you is you nice. get a headphone jack still. um that, headphone jack still yeah um there's rumors from back in october about it being running on a snapdragon 888 which makes the yeah, most sense I'd be surprised you know, they always kind of go for the top spec yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, the only real big change is the camera. So that they've used a, a triple 12 meg setup previously for the past two gens. They had a two times optical, and then last year it was a three times optical. Now it looks like because the shape of that third camera has changed, it's no longer circular. It's now kind of rectangular or oval, which is typically associated with periscopic camera zooms, like we were talking about with mm-hmm. the Mate. Um, and so we're suspecting a five times or maybe a 10 times optical zoom, um, which is cool. That would actually I think be the first Sony phone to use a periscope zoom system. So that would be interesting to see how good it is. Uh, Sony's cameras typically are really, really good if you spend time fiddling with them with the camera app that they bundle, which is their like, pro camera app. The kind of standard auto shots are fine, but they kind of still lag behind the pixels, the iPhones, the Galaxy S phones um so without tweaking them so really that's where i'd want to see the improvement in the camera it's not so much that i need a bit better zoom it's just that i want better automatic image processing for more of a fire and forget kind of experience um but whether they do that i don't know sony likes to appeal to its its fans and i think its fans are usually quite technically minded and and into that kind of tinkering anyway absolutely i mean alex and sorry sorry just one sec alex in the comments said that it's probably aimed at professional creators and media companies and that's exactly it and i think again that's why the headphone jack's there it's if you actually want to use this yeah. thing for filming video, you want a headphone jack to, to be listening, you know, to have your headphones plugged into what you're going or plug a mic in and stuff like that. And I think it's just that's so clearly where they're positioning themselves now. We saw it with the Xperia Pro, um, which was very obviously openly aimed at, at media companies and things like that. But this feels like they're still just trying to say, cool, this is the phone if you're a content creator and you do meaningfully want to use your phone to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and editing and stuff like that. Um, When you were saying about niche audiences, though, there's a a gripe that I have with this line, um, and it's the name. Um, Because we all know know that it's Mark III. But if you look at this and you're the average person, you're like... It's the one three. What? Like, you know, three? someone made a typo. I mean, we should also speak to Nokia as well because they say one point four, like they yeah. write it as such, but they call it the one Mark Four or the one four. Like, yeah, it's it's yeah. messy, but Sony's gone particularly <laughs> hard on that whole line. Uh, I, I guess they're kind of hoping that the people who already bought their cameras, yeah. which have used this name yeah. in convention yeah. for years, are the ones looking at their phones. Again, it's a nod, to um, and anyone else can just yeah, be confused. Exactly. But yes, yeah, it's it's, I, it's, a, it's for people who want more personal individual control over their photos and the photography and stuff like that and like you know because you can get a lot of phones out there with good point and shoot but not many have you know super super in-depth feet software on the phone to be able to do it directly on there so yeah Yeah. the challenge as ever there is they're chasing an increasingly small market segment (laughs) like it's very well to say there's a niche there and there is a niche but that niche is shrinking and it is going to keep shrinking. It's very unlikely that that's really going to reverse, I, I don't think. 
Um, although, you know, we've seen cameras get better and better and better, but weekly we've seen, you know, in phones, I mean, we've equally seen things like mirrorless cameras get better and more affordable. And I think it's more and more the case that if you really, the narrative now isn't you can do everything with your phone. The narrative is if you just want to take stuff on holiday, that's what you need. And you, you know, there's no reason for the average person to buy a real camera. But equally, mm. if you do want to do anything professional, you absolutely need to buy a real camera. And good news, they're cheaper than they've ever been before. And they've got USB-C and they've got all this stuff and they're, you know, a lot, interchange a lot more nicely. This just feels like a very small market segment to to rely on. At this stage, I kind of think Sony's just in it to say they're in the market yeah. and that's it. <clears throat> I don't think there's any other value for them. I can't imagine because like, we know that they have a tiny market mm. share globally in terms of sales. So I don't know unless they're just really holding out hope and they just have that kind of optimistic yeah. internal vibe that they'll one day they'll break back out and they'll be the new well, I mean, I haven't looked at whether um, they turn a profit that... on phones or not. I know their market share is tiny, but I don't know whether they've been burning money as well, you know. Or for how well, they do like to much. burn money, don't they? Because the, the PS5, they're selling at a loss. I'm pretty yeah. sure the PS3, they sold at a loss for its entire life cycle. So they're just they like, sell like a hundred million of those. So it, you know, eventually they hit scale and it works. I'm sorry, they're not going to sell a hundred million Xperia One Mark Threes. You say this now. You're gonna get. I mean, you're gonna get the Reddit army on this now, and they're gonna be like, "Right, we're gonna prove you wrong." <laughs> well, the other issue is is the pricing because the the phones have crept up yep. in price, and relative to the market that they usually launch in, they're usually a little bit too expensive for what what they yeah. offer. So it was, I think, eight four nine pounds for the Mark the Xperia One. I guess Mark One, but we didn't call it that. The, uh, then it was 10.99 for the Mark II, and so if all they're adding is uh, a telephoto camera, Android 11, and a Snapdragon 888, and they make it like 1100, 1200 pounds, it's. I mean, you know, yeah. we're about to see the Mi 11 launch in this market, which is going to just lay waste Absolutely. to that as a product. It's yeah, probably going to be about uh, 700 pounds so, yeah. with better specs. Exactly. At least and, you know, the S20, what Samsung went cheaper this year, yep. and so they're going to win there as well. Um, so yeah, unless, unless those, I, I don't know how deep the Samsung fans wallets are, they've got to be pretty deep, um, unless Sony changes it up this year and, and surprises us with a cheaper price tag, but I don't know if I see that happening. No, I think they're going premium and relying on, on loyalty and they can't go too much down because they've got their other lines and, and they've got the, the Xperia 5 and the Xperia 10. We're probably expecting an Xperia 10 Mark III to launch alongside the one and then a yeah. five later in the year and. And, you know, the 5 is up a mid-range. If they drop the, the 1 by too much, then the 5 gets screwed. Yeah, maybe this is a conversation uh, in its own right for another episode. But also there's there's the rumours about a new compact Xperia, yes. which might be a budget offering like the L5, because we had the L4 last year alongside the N2 and the 1.2. Mm. Um, so that might be the compact. Or we might see a compact flagship. It's kind of still up in the air about that one, but... Then, yeah, it's interesting to see whether Sony's doing anything different. That's another one that just feels like a doomed decision because as much as we talk about loving small phones, you know, if you look at the yeah. iPhone 12 series sales data, the Mini did not sell well. The Mini was... it's it's There's yeah. a lot of debate about whether Apple's going to stick with the Mini or just can it immediately because the 12 Mini did not sell enough. And Supposedly, suppliers have changed their, their like output. Yeah to match the kind of underwhelming It was really different reception. to what we initially thought, wasn't it? Like, when this was first announced, mm. we were like, yeah, that, sh that should do well, that, but... Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's funny, I think most people we talk to are excited about having a smaller phone again, but then the reality of the sales figures... And doesn't just translate. Just doesn't, doesn't... Maybe people like, just yeah, getting yeah, talked exactly. up when they're getting sold. It's like, but, you know, you... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, 
<laughs> this one's bigger and yeah. shinier. Ooh. I do think that's part of it. I think people think they want a small phone until they go pick it up, and then they're mm -hmm. like, oh, but this screen's so much smaller than that one over there. And I could, you know, you just realize, you realize how fewer app icons you can fit on your home screen and like, you know, how I comfortable to, it yeah. is to navigate and stuff like that. And there are, I like a small phone, but there are benefits to using phones with big displays. And, and I think people yeah. think they want a small phone until they get there. I've kind of realized it's I'm the same for, for me. Like I, Z Flip. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the Z Flip is perfect because it's a big phone and a small phone all at once. You but yeah, like I, sponsored. I wish. Come on, Samsung. Give me that Z Flip money. I'm going to put a banner in the next stream, the next episode, that just says under Dom's video window that he's not sponsored by Samsung. I mean, if, if they were going to bloody sponsor me about it, I'd be able to afford to buy one. So, you know... <laughs> If we see a phone call now with, with the Z Flip, we'll be like, right, okay. We know what's going on. Yeah, that's when you'll know. If I start just casually. <laughs> Money has changed hands. No. Um, yeah, I think, like, like I said, I'm the same. I, I, I say I like small phones, and then I notice that when I leave a review device and go back and grab some phone to stick with, it's it's yeah. usually a pretty big phone. They're the ones I actually keep using, not the small yeah. ones. So, yeah, you when, you, when you make that change straight back to a small phone, I went back on my Pixel and was going through some of my, some of my apps and I was like, uh, <laughs> like yeah. where is it? I can't see. <laughs> but yeah. I, um, I yeah. used my mum's original iPhone SE, which is seriously Ooh. tiny. Ooh. Yeah. And I was, you know, I looked at it, it could be, you know, basically the palm of my hand. I was like, how did we use this for so long? And, and that was actually bigger than the iPhone 4 screen. And we were like, that's an improvement. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy how far we come in a few years. It was the resolution, I think, when someone said that the resolution of an icon on like the iPhone 11 or 10 screen was higher resolution than the whole screen. <laughs> the iPhone. That Sounds about right, yeah. Uh, uh, one final note from the comments uh, Alex suggesting that maybe Sony is going to take the LG experimental market um, I'd love to see it happen it doesn't look like it's gone great for LG uh, no. so I do wonder <laughs> whether anyone is really looking at that and thinking they want a piece of that action because uh, LG <laughs> entered that market and six months later they're shuttering their phone division um, <laughs> not even the experiment part just all of it like, we're done with all of it now okay yeah have Sony got more money to, well, essentially burn to be able to make more press headlines and generate more buzz about the company by being like market I mean, they're leaders? They're selling stuff at a loss. Yeah, probably not. I, I actually don't know the, the, the general scale of Sony versus LG and and their respective profitability as as you know huge tech conglomerates covering loads of different stuff. I would have thought, driven by PlayStation, Sony would be bigger and more yeah. have more revenue, but I'm not confident I'm in that. There's been questions about why Sony has never been able to like really capitalize on all of its different like you know the sub brands yep. and and other products that are so popular and sell so well and they obviously they're trying with the Alpha relationship with the Xperia One series but they've just never really I don't know why it's never really caught on and I feel like PlayStation was the best brand to do that with and they just never yeah. got it going. And they did yeah. try. They tried to pair in the kind of use an Xperia phone with your PlayStation and it unlocks extra stuff. And then eventually they just said, oh, I use any Android phone. It's fine. Um, I mean, there was a phone called the Xperia Play that literally like, because it was supposed to be like a PS Vita yep. phone. PS Vita. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> or the PSP before that with the U. Oh, and what a throwback. Oh. Crazy. <laughs> the Vias. Sony loved its unusual media formats. Goddamn. <laughs> 
mini disc player. But that's anyway, often the thing. Sorry, is that, I'm going off on a know, Sony history. They're tangent. a company that built that stuff as well. They, you know, they pushed. There was a yeah. Blu-ray player in the PS3 because mm-hmm. Sony was the company that came up with Blu-ray and pushed Blu-ray. And um, you know, they've always had these ties and were usually good at bringing those things together. And and it does feel like they've sort of lost that a bit. And and they have been trying and like you know they would like I said they tried to have these links between the phones and the playstations. And I think they just eventually realized that they were harming what they could do on PlayStation by limiting it to only their yeah. own phones mm-hmm. without getting enough benefit on their phone sales to justify that. And there was a point where they just said, well, look, we're artificially making it difficult to use a PlayStation controller on your Android phone because we're trying to make it a, an Xperia exclusive and there's no point in that. We're artificially limited. We've got these cool game ideas where you can use your phone screen as a controller, but you can only do it if everyone in the room has an Xperia phone, and that never happens. <laughs> yeah, I, so, I, th- like, I think you know, the difference is is that like the PlayStation audience, they they're they're like the Apple audience, they're incredibly loyal, and like you know they're, they're very much like you know like everything that gets released, it's always going to be you know they're always going to stick with that brand probably uh, most of the time, but it doesn't translate over to phones. It's not it's not like yeah. once you've got it's not an ecosystem you're in thing. the ecosystem. Yeah, it's not yeah. Apple. Yeah. You don't feel like because you have a PlayStation, you should buy a Sony camera and a Sony phone. Um, and, it, you know, it's kind of inevitable. Those things just don't link up in the same way. I'm surprised they haven't made more headway in, like, like headphone features. They're a big headphone leader, and it's kind of funny that they haven't used that more to push the phones and be kind of like, well, you've already dropped 300 quid on these, these over-ear headphones that are the best headphones in the world if you buy a Sony phone for your next phone, that will work better with those and you'll get this extra feature that you don't get. Like Samsung does this, Apple does this. And that's where Sony is like, it's odd. Trying to link with PlayStation, it's like, you've got this great audio line right here and audio links up to phones much more neatly. Anyway, um, I I don't have a lot of faith that they're going to figure these things out. I hope they do. I like Sony phones. I actually, like Toddy said, really like the Xperia 1 Mark II. I didn't use that, but I really liked the the original Xperia 1. I really like the 21 by 9 aspect ratio. I'm actually disappointed more companies haven't adopted that because I think it's great and it's the thing I love about those phones and I hope this one is just as compelling. I just I hope they can price it in a way that makes it more compelling for people actually like facing up to buying the bloody thing. Not a good time uh, that, to be putting up the price of phones as well. Exactly. So. Yeah. <laughs> uh, right, that is us for this week. We will be back next time around. Uh, we may talk Mi 11, because at that point we will know Mi 11 pricing in, in the West, and I will, in theory, have a Mi 11 with me by then. Ooh. I was meant to have a Mi 11 here today, but I do not. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to arbitrarily blame Brexit, but I've got no idea if that's anything to do with it or not. But bloody yeah. Brexit. When, when, when in doubt... Uh, <laughs> yeah uh but we, i might have the s21 yeah, ultra we may have an ultra we maybe. may have an s21 plus they're, they're winging their the way to us and me 11 is winging its way to us and i think we're just gonna keep getting more of a sense of the other phones on the way this spring we know we've got the find x3 series coming up there are actually some find x3 leaks this week as well just a few more looks at its design um and uh been curiously quiet on the OnePlus 9 front as well, so I'm kind of thinking we're, we're overdue another big drop of OnePlus 9 leaks, but we'll see. Uh, so yeah, until next week, thanks very much. Bye. Bye, Bye guys. Bye.